welcome to a new episode of the Retail Podcast by Bureau.ai. In these episodes, we speak to global change makers in retail, those that are moving the needle, pushing for change, and creating impact. In today's world, digital innovation and sustainable approaches are at the heart of every business. Levi's is one such brand that has always been known for their one-of-a-kind innovation, especially around their digital efforts. With their best-in-class brand-immersive digital e-commerce, the brand is looking to take sustainable shopper experience to a whole new level. Today, we're in conversation with Priya Buning, VP of Digital Operations at Levi Strauss & Co., talking to us about how the brand is betting on technology to steer the circular fashion model. Thanks, Priya, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. So, Priya, let's start off with the year that's gone by. I know nobody wants to talk about the pandemic. But from a business perspective, so much has happened across industries. In fact, um, a recent study said that e-commerce retail traffic had plummeted to 98% in the US. And in a way, I think fashion retailers across the globe have been forced to empower themselves and act quickly to meet new consumer demands. So in times like these, tell us about some of the things Levi sped on to get ahead. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. Um, I think for us at Levi's, the guiding principle through COVID has really been to keep the laser focus on the consumer and on engaging with them wherever and however they choose to interact with our brand. Um, we really, for us, that really came down to two big themes. The first one was um, convenience. So how do we make it as feel as easy and safe to shop for the consumer as possible? So with that, you saw us kind of extending our contactless payment offering and um, piloting touchless returns. We also have launched um, appointment scheduling for that consumer who maybe wants to come into a store but doesn't feel comfortable waiting in line in a crowded mall. Um, We also have launched video chat. That's for the consumer who does wanna talk to a stylist but doesn't actually wanna go into the store. And then of course, we've really expanded our our suite of Omni offerings. So the buy online pickup in store, the curbside pickup, the same day delivery, really about making it as easy as possible for that consumer to feel safe. The other big theme is connection. So as a brand, you know, we really pride ourselves on being able to create that genuine connection with our consumer. And it was important to us that we be able to do that throughout COVID. So with that, we were testing into new mediums like live stream and, you know, virtual try on virtual chat, virtual chat. How do we keep that connection alive with the consumer? Um, And I think, you know, it's been a lot of experimentation, but I think what's been super gratifying for me, and I think um, is true of a lot of different retailers in the industry, is just the pace at which we've been able to deliver on all these capabilities. I mean, projects that would have taken us years, we were able to accomplish in months. And I think, um, you know, that's all a testament to staying super focused on the consumer. I actually think a lot of the different behaviors we're seeing now are going to be here to stay long after the pandemic. So investing today is going to set us up for tomorrow. I think that's a really important lesson for brands, right? Um, investing today sets you up for what's coming. And I think it's a common theme with retailers across the globe during this time. Every day you're hearing um news of a new format, a new channel, something new that a brand tried. So it's pretty interesting to see how brands have stepped up in this time. And uh, I've also been a little curious about this for months now, and I'm not sure you'll have the answer, but do you think any of this would have happened if not for a pandemic? Yeah, I love that question, Aksha, because I think it's something that we've actually been grappling with ourselves and the leadership team at Levi's. I think when you're in a crisis moment, um, 
you know, the decision set just becomes smaller and the, the need to kind of make decisions is just, is faster. And so you're kind of operating around what are the most important principles of your decision at any given time, right? And I think um, as a result of that, we were able to be really efficient and agile and accomplish a lot. I think once the pressure is off and, you know, make no mistake, we're still in the, we're still in, in COVID pandemic, but we're sort of out of the most intense phase of it. It's very easy, I think, for companies to fall back into sort of the bureaucracy of who decides what and what budget and what ROI. And um, it's something that we actually, as a leadership team, have been talking a lot about. How do we kind of continue to keep that momentum and pace that we were able to kind of garner and cultivate back in the summer, um, even now when things have sort of let up a bit? So I don't have the answer, but I think it's, it's absolutely something that all of us have to keep in mind so that we can continue to drive change at the pace that we have. Right. You know, what you said there about um, the decision set becoming smaller is really interesting. And I feel like all of the initiatives you talked about earlier, whether it was touchless payments or all these other models you're building around convenience, all of those things seem like a large part of these decision sets. And uh, I almost feel like a lot of them would have required a solid tech effort. So tell us how Levi's is using technology to get ahead of the crisis and um, engage with your shoppers better. Yeah, no, it's played a huge role. I think, um, you know, today the consumer wants to shop a brand. They don't necessarily want to shop a store or a site. And I think the expectation that the experience is seamless across channels is pretty much table stakes. That being said, you know, there are certain things that you can do in a store that are more difficult online and vice versa. And so our goal has really been to try to use technology to um, bridge those differences and create kind of a best of both worlds experience for the consumer in a way that makes sense to them. So to give you an example, you know, when you're shopping online, it's so hard. What you can't really get online is that expert style advice. When you go into a Levi's store and you have that amazing, passionate stylist that is going to guide you through our collection and help you find the perfect product. Um, to try to replicate that, you know, we partnered with a company called Hero. And what they basically do is help enable video chat between a stylist in a store and an online shopper to try to simulate some of that expert advice. Um, another thing that we have um, tested into is virtual try-on. So a big problem for folks online is how do I make sure, and especially with denim, that I'm getting the right fit and size for me? It's it's super hard to do. So um, we have been piloting a number of different virtual try-on capabilities to try to give the consumer more confidence that when you're selecting that size and fit on our site, um, that you know that it's the right one for you. I think on the flip side with stores, you know, it's a physical footprint. So you know, there's just going to be a limit to the number of product that you can um, you can access in a store. But with our new store footprint, our next gen store concept, um, the stores are fully digitally enabled. So we have Im- we have armed each of our um, associates with devices that then make available the full assortment to the consumer. So even if that specific product you want isn't in the store that you're in, you have access to it. You can try on a sample, and then you can have the specific product. Um, delivered to your home. So I I would say the other sort of technology piece that we really are excited about in stores is um, digital screens and digital fit guides. And I think a lot of digital in store gets a bad rap because it just feels like innovation theater. And, you know, what are we doing with all these gitchy gadgets? But I think, you know, the 
the guiding principle that we've tried to adhere to is, is this servicing a consumer need? And I think when you are able to use digital to tell more stories in a, in a store and give the consumer access to more information, kind of like they're used to finding online, um, that's a pretty specific use case that you know we think is going to pan out well for us. So, at the end of the day, you know we want to make sure you are feeling like you're shopping one brand and you're accessing the best Levi's has to offer, and that's really all about what technology is in service to. I love what you said about people wanting to shop at a brand and not at a store, because I feel like we've personally experienced that and. It, we've also seen it evolve over time. Um, for example, when e-commerce initially exploded, there was so much choice and it felt like the biggest boon. But today I feel like shoppers want a whole other kind of um, experience and values that they can really resonate with. And I feel like a brand's success today really lies in how well they tell their story and communicate their values. And I completely agree there about how technology can bridge that gap. It I feel like it's the only way you can really create a personal connection between a brand and a consumer. So yeah, I absolutely hear you. And, um, you know, you also said that digital screens at the store were another way of engaging with your shoppers at a time when people weren't really venturing out. Right. So I want to talk a little bit more about that. How have you been able to bring shoppers back to the physical store at this time? Yeah, no, it's, that's a great, another great question. Um, yeah, you know, I think, it's true across the board for probably every retailer that it's it's tough times out there for stores, right? We're not seeing the traffic that we used to see um, before. And I think what's really interesting is that the consumer who is coming to the store has a much more deliberate intent to purchase because they are taking that time, energy, and effort to go into the store. And I think that has kind of been our mantra that we want to help any consumer that has sort of taken the time out of their day and, and taken, quote unquote, frank, frankly, the risk to come into a store. Um, we want to give them the best service possible. So we've actually increased our target for in-store conversion by several points. And what, what's been exciting for us is that conversion rates in store that used to seem super aspirational are now really table stakes. And so one of the things that we're thinking about is how do we get that great service that attention to the consumer, that helping them find the right product and fit um, and kind of continue that on once consumer behavior maybe comes back to the way it was before the pandemic. In terms of keeping them safe, you know, we are doing a lot of the same things that others in the industry are doing in terms of maintaining um, social distance, kind of limiting the number of consumers that come into a store um, and um, doing everything we can to sort of encourage the right traffic flow into a store so that a consumer who is shopping with us feels really safe. And then the other big thing is uh, keeping our staff and stylists safe. And these are people that are on the front line of our company and are, they're really the face of our brand. So making sure that everybody on the staff feels like they have the right um, personal protective equipment to um, do their job. Absolutely. And all of those seem like very necessary steps to make physical retail more comfortable, right? Um, and speaking of physical retail, uh, the other thing I saw around the store display was the Levi's Human Nature exhibit. It was insane. And um, it was apparently the brand's first virtual sales launch in Europe, and it was an immersive digital experience. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that, this whole concept of 
exhibiting um, products like art or installations is becoming such a phenomenon in retail. And I'm sure you're bringing these to the US too, but it's almost like an art museum approach to displaying products and to engage with your shoppers, right? So do you feel like at this time, um, these type of really immersive experiences are a great motivator for shoppers to actually take the risk and step out? Yeah, no, I I think that's right. You know, um, I think that one big sort of consequence of the pandemic is that it's forced a lot of innovation in sort of patterns and um, ways of working that had kind of been stale for a long time. And I think sales launch is one of those things where, and you talk about on a sustainability front, we're using a lot of materials, time, energy, travel to get our key accounts to come in and see the line, you know, the line of product. Um, and so I think there was a lot of anxiety ahead of that, that, okay, would we really be able to replicate that energy and momentum in a way that was fully digital? And I think the team in Europe did an amazing job sort of stepping up to the challenge, using technology to sort of create an experience that we were really proud of as a brand. Um, and that type of innovation, I think, is something where, um, you know, we're, we're able to achieve our goals on the brand side, but we're also able to save a lot of money and materials as well. And so it's kind of like a double, a double whammy in that sense. How do we, you know, it's, and so I think the thinking now is how do we replicate that and make that the new way of working going forward, not just in Europe, but in our other markets as well. Right. That does seem like the most appropriate path forward. So it makes sense. Um, and it also brings us to another topic I wanted to touch upon, which is sustainability. Um, I know it's now a buzzword and almost overused at this point, but I also feel like it's become such a non-negotiable. And I know that with Levi's, there's been a lot of momentum in that space. So can you take us through some of the things you're doing with sustainability? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, I'm, I'm super excited to talk about it. You know, for us, sustainability has always been a really integral part of our brand. And I think there's a strong belief at the company that you know, we need to take responsibility for our social and environmental footprint and also to make sure that we're innovating as much as possible to reduce the impact of our product. And I think what's really unique about Levi's product is it's one of the few products in the world that actually gets better with time. You know, you want your denim to be worn in. Um, and so with that, you know, we have we've kind of put into flight a number of initiatives designed to extend the life of your denim. Um, I think you and I had sort of discussed the R Collective. So the R Collective was a capsule collection that was run out of our Hong Kong office, basically using excess fabric from our China factories to create new garments. And then those garments were used to um, create a conservation awareness program. In Europe, you know, we recently had a partnership between our Wealthred line and a Swedish company called RenewCell. And the idea there was how do we create a pair of jeans that is um, used of as that is made with as almost as much recyclable product as possible. And so the jeans themselves are designed to be recyclable. And then of course, in the US, we recently launched Levi's Secondhand, which is our re-commerce site. And on Levi's Secondhand, consumers can buy secondhand product directly from Levi's that other consumers have traded in in our stores. So a lot of different um, initiatives in flight, but again, building towards that idea that, you know, we want to drive circularity as much as possible in our, our business and work towards hopefully, who knows, someday being fully circular company. 
Wow, those are some really cool initiatives. Um, I love what the brand is doing with our collective. I know we spoke about it. Um, and I'm also aware that you're doing things like digital sampling and digital identity, um, secondhand buyback programs and stuff. So there's clearly a lot of things going on with sustainability that's very woven into uh, your core business model, right? And uh, I'm particularly interested in talking more about digital sampling and identity, um, mainly because I think most retailers have a large inventory, but very rarely a completely transparent view of it, right? So how do you think things like digital identity and uh, product information can help in smarter production and lesser wastage? Because I can only imagine that information like that is so important to both the consumer and the brand. Um, you know, the consumer wants to know where and how their clothes were made. And on the other hand, I guess the brand wants to know, you know, how many pairs of jeans they create, their SKUs, how many of them were made, how many pairs have been sold, um, the production information around it, all of that. And I feel like it adds to the larger sustainability goal. So how do you feel like these kind of things impact that? Yeah, totally. I, I love I love the question on um, digital identity because I think it's it's a super new space for us, but it's a really exciting space for us. And I think you're totally right. Like the consumer today wants to know everything about the product that they're buying. It's that kind of careless consumption is sort of over, right? Who made my product? Where did they make it? What were the materials that were in it? And so we want to use technology and digital identities to be able to drive that transparency for the consumer. Um, on the other hand, you know, it's also a business benefit for us because I think one of the other amazing components of a digital identity is it allows us to tell some really special stories about our product. Like every pair of Levi's jeans in some ways becomes really unique by virtue of how it was made. And so there's an opportunity for businesses, I think, to take that information and create that storytelling and help the consumer feel like they're part of the whole process and journey. And you know, the idea there is that if you can speak to the consumer in a way that's really meaningful to them, well, they become a loyal consumer and you get that added consumer lifetime value. So it's definitely something that um, you know, you're gonna hear a lot more from us on in the future. That is great. And I actually think this is exactly the kind of transparency fashion needs to be less wasteful as an industry. And I'd almost say these are the kind of models that new retailers should emulate to go circular. Um, you know, and now that we've talked about sustainability, which is obviously a big value prop for most brands, let's also talk about who expects these values. Um, and to me, I think, you know, there's a very obvious answer there and it's the consumer and mainly the consumer that's the future, which is Gen Z. Uh, and they have a long list of expectations and it's something that I think all brands are seeing today. And one large part of being able to communicate your values to Gen Z is through social commerce and social media. So I thought it was really interesting that Levi's leveraged TikTok to double down on product views during the pandemic. So how are you connecting with this category of shoppers? And do you feel like social commerce is a large part of Levi's strategy? Well, um, you know, winning with Gen Z is a hugely important priority for our brand. I mean, it's basically how we ensure we stay relevant with the next generation of shoppers. So it's gonna be a huge focus area for us. And I think I mentioned sort of earlier in our conversation that one of our, our core tenets is speaking to our consumer wherever and however they wanna engage our brand, store, site, our app, our wholesale partners. Um, and for Gen Z, I think, you know, social really is that key communication channel. And you know, the, the most prevalent way in which we use social is as a communication mechanism. Um, 
we talk, use it to talk to Gen Z about you know, some of our most important brand values and also about causes that we think are gonna resonate with them, like using their voice and, and voter engagement. Um, but sort of where we also are really excited is social commerce, which is super nascent today, but actually we love the way that consumers are interacting, interacting with brands on social. They're looking for that fashion inspiration. And um, even though social commerce itself is small today, at least in, in markets sort of outside of Asia, um, you know, we think the day is going to come very quickly where a consumer wants to go from, wow, that's an amazing product I saw, or that's an amazing brand story to transaction and checkout all in one click without losing the, leaving the platform. So it's absolutely an area that we've made a bunch of different investments. Um, we were among one of the first brands to pilot the new shopping marketplaces with Google and with Facebook and Instagram. And then we also have been testing into a number of different product drop um, opportunities with Snap and TikTok. Um, we did an activation with TikTok last year, actually, where we worked with a number of influencers to create customized and unique product that the influencer themselves designed. Um, that product was then featured on TikTok and we tested into their shop now button to make it available to the consumer. So really trying to simulate that see now, buy now experience on social. And although I can't sort of share the specific um, specifics of the, of the KPIs, you know, we were really encouraged by the response and, you know, social and commerce is going to be a place that we are going to try to continue to innovate and in going forward. We really think that um, it's going to be an important part of our digital portfolio going forward. Absolutely. And given that Gen Z is really the future, it's almost natural for brands to take this path. Um, so Priya, I feel like some large themes from our conversation were around technology, sustainability, and Gen Z. But um, with your experience in retail, right, I wanted to understand what are some of the things you're watching brands do well? You know, even... For example, all of the things we spoke about sustainability, it's such a huge focus for a lot of retailers today, but do you feel like they're all walking the talk? Totally. Yeah, it's been super interesting to observe the marketplace on this question. I think, you know, there was sort of, well, I, I would count Levi's in this bucket, but there's brands that sort of have been keeping sustainability and circularity as part of their ethos from the beginning. Um, just because we believe that, you know, we're a values-led company and we believe that's the right way to do business. With all the attention coming on to sustainability, I think you then saw sort of an aftermath of many brands talking a lot about sustainability while they were trying to figure out exactly what their, their sort of policies were and their, their point of view was. Um, but now I think we're actually past that phase and for companies that weren't thinking of actively about how to make sustainability ingrained into their values and their, and their ways of working. They actually are. I think you're right. I think we are seeing walking the talk. Um, I think for brands like ours that sort of have always had it part of the fabric of, of the way that we work, um, it's really about pushing the envelope, right? We want to be able to set the bar higher and higher. We talked a lot about the re-commerce initiatives that we've had at Levi's with our secondhand site. We're also super active with our peer-to-peer um, -peer resale platforms like the Poshmarks of the world. Um, and we also talked about sort of circularity in our product line, like with this wealth red line where, you know, we're trying to design product that is as recyclable as possible, take those learnings and apply them to our core line of product. So we're trying to push the envelope higher and higher. And I think our peers that are really leading in this space are doing the same. And so the bar continues to get higher. And actually, I think that's a challenge that we're excited about because 
you know, ultimately our goal is to just get you that same great built to last product in the most sustainable way possible. So I think it's a rising tide and I think you're going to see apparel companies all step up to the plate um, and meet the challenge because it's, it's a, as, as we talked about before, the consumer demands it and it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I don't think you could have put it better. It's what consumers demand and it is the right thing to do. And um, from what we're seeing, I feel like Levi's is already leading the way when it comes to innovation. So that's going to be really exciting to watch. Um, so that was our last question. But Priya, before you go, we'd love for our listeners to get to know you a little bit. So we have a couple of questions um, and I'm just going to throw them out right now. So here goes. What's your favorite retail focused book? Well, it's not specific to it's not specific to retail, but I actually am I'm a big believer in the book, The First Ninety Days. I don't know if you're familiar with that book. I I have I've sort of worn a lot of different hats at Levi. So I started in a strategy role. I then moved into a new market expansion role. I then moved into innovation. I then moved into growth, and I then and now I'm leading an operations team. And so every team has been super different for me. But I actually find that. I go back to that kind of core business book almost every time I take on a new function to try to remind myself, you know, what the right things are to think about in the first 90 days. And I think it's been, um, you know, the main ethos of that book, I think, has been about listening and really hearing what a team does, learning before you act. And um, so I think that has sort of served me well in my career and then has also been kind of important um, during COVID, right, because I think it's really important that we're listening and watching the consumer they have the answers like we are there to serve the needs of our consumers so the more that we can listen and stay close to the pulse of what they're thinking about um the better right awesome next question what's the most exciting thing about working at levi's oh my gosh um i think the most i think there are two things that really excite me about levi's i think the first is it's a values-based company. So it's a company that is really all about saying what we think, standing up for what we believe in. And I think that makes it a really amazing place to work because it feels like more than just a job. It feels like you're part of a journey. Um, I think the other thing that's so awesome about Levi's is just the pace of change, right? Where we are a, um, for decades, we have been a wholesale men's bottoms business. And in the last six years that I've been in the company, we've made incredible strides in diversifying the portfolio to be more men's and women's, more international and more direct to consumer. And so I think being part of that type of change, it's kind of like working at a startup at a big, in, in the context of a big company. So I think that's been super exciting for me. Sounds like a dream. Great. Next question. What's been the biggest lesson for you in the past year, both um, personally or professionally? I think that my biggest personal lesson has been um, my capacity to absorb change. You know, I think that the amount of change in our work lives, our personal lives, our family lives over the past year has just been so tremendous. I think were I to be sort of stepping back and imagining someone to ask me to do all these different things that I've been able to do in the last year, I think I would have said that I couldn't do it. But I think what I've learned is that, you know, every month, every three months, every quarter, every six months, it, it feels like a different lifetime. And so I think that, um, you know, on both the work front and the personal front, I can, I can really handle a lot more change than I thought I could. So that's something that's sort of good to have back pocket and, and know and help you feel confident in going forward with the future. 
Yeah. You know, I think coping with change has been such a challenge for most of us, um, but it's amazing that it's your biggest lesson. So fantastic. All right. Absolute last question. And this is a fun one. What's your most favorite pair of Levi's jeans? Yes. Uh, my favorite one is the wedgie. I don't know if you know this, this pair of denim. It was made popular in kind of on social media a few years ago. Um, but they're super comfortable and they're super flattering for almost everyone. So I really recommend you go on and, um, and every woman should sort of have a pair of, of wedgie jeans in her closet. I personally like the ones that and this is just top, but that come down to your ankles so that you can sort of wear them with sandals and sneakers. So um, that's my vote. I have many, 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 many pairs of wedgie. They're almost, they're almost all that I wear. And then of course I would say, um, you know, a, a classic Levi's trucker, like the one I'm wearing is, is an awesome staple to have in anybody's wardrobe. So another favorite. Amazing. Um, mine are actually the 501s, but, um, yeah, that officially brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and giving us an insight into Levi's journey in the past year, future plans and what lies for the brand ahead. I had a wonderful time hosting you, Priya. Thank you for having me. It was so fun to talk to you. I love to talk about, I forgot how much I really like talking about retail and all the cool stuff that's happening in the industry. So thank you. It's, it'll be a highlight of my week. Mine as well. Thank you. For more episodes around what's shaking the world of retail, head over to view.ai and check out the retail podcast in our resources section. Thank you and see you soon.